Good morning, I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a weekly program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve Tucson and Southern Arizona, as well as getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's program, I'm sharing my conversation with Norma Cable from the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. Hey, is this Norma? Yeah. Hi, sorry, I didn't have my phone line on. How are you doing today? <laughs> doing fine. Oh, Can good. you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, I hear you perfectly clear now. Uh, so I guess it, it's uh, it's been a minute since uh, we last spoke. Um, well, Norma, could you start us off with just a, a little bit of background on the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona in case there's anyone uh, unfamiliar or new to the area? Absolutely. So the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona serves people in five counties in Southern Arizona. So that would be Pima County, Grant, Greenlee, Cochise, and Santa Cruz. Uh, we do have several different locations where we serve people. We do try to provide uh, food uh, that people can use in an emergency situation, whether that means they can't pay their bill or something um, happened that, um, you know, maybe they got in a car accident or have had bad health and just having trouble making those ends meet. So we do serve people with emergency food, and then we also do uh, look to do as much as we can to build a healthy and hunger-free tomorrow. And what that means is we look at different avenues for getting people the food that, that, that they need. And that may be uh, we have a farm that um, people can come and learn how to grow vegetables at. We support local growers with a farmer's market and also with helping them to sell local crops to institutions like TUSD or Tucson Medical Center to help get that fresh, local, healthy produce out into the community. Then we also, as we seek to address the root cause of this poverty that often accompanies hunger, we also do operate a job training program at Caridad Community Kitchen. Um, it's currently on hold because of COVID, but it should start again next year. And that is to get underemployed or unemployed people um, some job training in the kitchen, some serious kitchen skills that will allow them to go out into the economy and make uh, better money than they might make at a fast food job. We also do work with school pantries, and so we support um, those pantries at, at neighborhood schools, also, again, getting fresh local produce and non-perishable goods into neighborhoods, uh, making it more accessible to busy families who need food but may not be able to get to the food bank, uh, may need a shorter line, may need better hours. Um, and so those school pantries have done some really important work. Even um, in this past year, while many schools were closed, um, they were open. Um, so I could go on and on about the community food <laughs> yeah. bank. We really do work in so many areas. Definitely. Um, and we really are working to not only get people food they need today, but really look at, at how to help this issue in the future. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the mission of the Community Food Bank is pretty wide uh, reaching. Well, this summer is, is definitely very different from last year. What changes have there been for the Community Food Bank? I did see online something about new hours. Yes, we did shift our summer hours, and that's because um, we are still working um, here at the Country Club location and here at, at most of our resource centers outside, um, doing the drive-through through distribution that we started after the COVID crisis hit. Um, and we have been doing that um, ever since last uh, March. So as you think about the Tucson summer mm -hmm. and um, getting volunteers and the National Guard outside, even though they're 
intense, and we are doing as much as we can to alleviate the heat. We just had to push back our hours another um, hour, actually, so that we start at 7 in the morning, and then we end by 10 on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings here at 3003 South Country Club. That's the drive-through distribution. So we really are um, looking again for people to show their photo ID uh, through the rolled-up window is fine. We're still taking a lot of COVID precautions. Um, masks are optional, but we're still being as careful as we can. And then you do literally just drive through the line, so you'll receive the different types of food um, as you drive through. So that's, you know, depending on what we have, but usually always including some fresh produce, uh, maybe some dairy, maybe some protein, always the non-perishable food bag, and then bread um, and a couple of, bottle of bottles of juice already. Um, included in that in that line. So that's what we have been doing, and that is what we expect to be doing probably till later this fall when we can invite people back into our building. We're look, looking forward to that day and making those connections again, uh, being able to talk with people a little more than just um, mm-hmm. putting food into their car and needing to to get them through a line. So um, but that is definitely the way we're working, and we are so grateful to both the National Guard, who have been with us since last March and have helped us in terms of not only distributing the food but also packing it. Um, every bag of non-perishable food that's gone out in southern Arizona in these last months has been packed by a National Guard member here in Tucson. Mm-hmm. So uh wouldn't be doing the work we're doing without them. But then also the volunteers who are hardy enough and strong enough and willing enough to come out on a on a um, Thursday morning and stand in a parking lot and make sure people get the food that they need. Uh, we have some great volunteers, and again, we just wouldn't be supporting the community the way we are without them. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. Definitely. It, it takes many to uh, to make it work. Um, earlier, you ha- had mentioned uh, the school pantries. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the, the school pantries program, what they are, how they work, and who can utilize them. Absolutely. Um, so that can vary uh, from site to site on who can utilize them. Some are open um, only to the families that may be going to that school. Others are more open to the neighborhood um, and people who can just walk down and get the food that they need. But they have been really um, one of the success stories of the pandemic in terms of being able to allow people to continue to get that access to food. And there, again, we see the value of volunteers who are willing to come to the school, uh, pack up those bags, make sure that they are assembled, and then leave them and make sure that they're distributed safely. Again, it also requires some support from the school um, in terms of the principal and the staff being open to, um, you know, making a space where people can come in, making sure that that distribution can happen safely. We have had so much great cooperation in that area. And one of those um, areas that's growing for uh, distribution in our school pantries is the rural areas. And we're really proud of that because that can make just such a difference mm-hmm. for that community. And we do serve a lot of rural areas because we do cover such a large area of Southern Arizona, but that's just been a real great inroad. So often we can start with a school pantry and maybe that also turns into an effort that um, can hold a school garden also, which we love because that's another way to get that fresh, healthy food to the people who need it. So really they have been just a great way to get food into the neighborhood. Sometimes people don't feel so challenged or so um, 
um, you know, uncomfortable mm-hmm. tra- driving to a food bank that may be far away. If they can walk down to a school in their neighborhood, get what they need, if they can drive through and not face a long line, that often lifts some of the barriers that we see to getting um, food out into the community. Mm-hmm, definitely. The convenience of having it, you know, near your neighborhood and not driving all the okay. way across town. Um, so speaking of helping out, I had seen on the website how $63 can help feed a child for the whole summer. And I mean, I could probably use some lessons. Uh, can you share a little bit of how you're able to stretch donations so far? Absolutely. And it is a matter really of our bulk purchasing power when we talk about Uh, purchasing food. We know that we are doing it on such a scale that we're getting a price that really cannot be beat Mm -hmm. um, by um, a retail purchase. On the other hand, we do and have um, really run with the support of food drives. And we did see that decline in the last year, strictly because it was so hard to Mm -hmm. get a public event going, right? Mm -hmm. And to And we had to quarantine the food because of the COVID precautions. So we're hoping that we see those food drives open back up again. But when we talk about stretching a dollar, we we are talking about simply because of the way that we are purchasing food and the bulk purchasing power that we have and the amount of food that we're talking about. And we just now finished up our end of our fiscal year at the end of June. I was looking at the numbers earlier this morning. We did have a record-breaking year. We did distribute 87 million pounds of food throughout southern Arizona last year. And that for us is just a huge increase. In a normal year, we'd run around around 70 million. So we saw that number go up by about 28%. Um, And so when you talk about that volume, um, then yes, we can definitely get things cheaper um, than might be um, what you would purchase at the store. So all of that adds up to just a, a real... Uh, knowledge of knowing how to get the food out and knowing what food needs to get out um, to the communities that we're serving. I was out at Wilcox uh, yesterday just looking at the operation there, and and we have a distribution center there that um, really isn't something that is public-facing too much, but we do run a drive-through distribution out of there once a month. But out of that Wilcox Center, we're running trucks to different areas in southern Arizona, Graham and Greenlee counties, um, that are um, relying on that food. And so they'll set up a mobile distribution or they will operate a food pantry. Um, and it really is um, just a question of getting that food to where it needs to go. This is Lifestyle Tucson. I'm joined by Norma Cable from the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. You mentioned how, you know, hopefully uh, you'll be able to do the uh, the food drives again more as, you know, things progress. I did see that just like last year, Hunger Walk 2021 is going to be held as a virtual event. Um, I'd like to hear more about the Hunger Walk itself, but also what prompted the decision to keep it virtual this year? Yes. So we're we're kind of playing that guessing game that I think everybody is mm-hmm. and trying to Uh, keep things as safe as possible. So Hunger Walk 2021 will be held this year on September 11th. Um, And at this stage, we don't know looking ahead what that is going to look like. But if you talk about Hunger Walk in the past, in pre-COVID times, we were looking at a thousand people getting together out at uh, San Lina Park, uh, really close to the food bank, and then being able to walk the mile and walk through our building and Uh, build a bag of food and, you know, just kind of get a real look at the inside of the community of food bank. Unfortunately, our building is still closed. 
because of COVID concerns, and we know that uh, we're certainly not going to be the ones who are uh, trying to hold a large event when we're just not sure mm-hmm. where we're at with this COVID crisis. So we did make the decision to make it sort of more of a hybrid event. We are offering an opportunity um, at, I think, about five meetup locations around town where if you'd like to meet up with a small group, you can do that. But by no means is it going to be gathering hundreds of people together. We're just offering that. But our our uh, Virtual hunger walk that we really just pioneered last year, kind of just wondering, you know, how is this going to Mm -hmm. work? It really did work. And we, what we saw again was just this huge and generous response um, from the community. We are asking people on September 11th to go and walk a mile. We're asking you to register at communityfoodbank.org slash hunger walk and just um, go and walk a mile and help us to support this fight against hunger. What we saw last year was that people were so willing. Um, And also we know that that isolation was really building um, last September. And so we saw people go and walk with their neighbor or walk with their partner or walk with their friend in a small group, wearing wearing a mask, being safe, uh, being socially distanced. And then they were kind enough to share their pictures so that really that became this joint event online Mm -hmm. uh, in a virtual event that we could really enjoy all together. And we just loved uh, seeing the pictures that people were sending, uh, seeing the signs that they were filling out, because on that, uh, on our website, when you go and register for Hunger Walk, you do get a chance to print off a sign that says, you know, here's why I'm walking this year. And so the messages were just so fabulous. Um, And again, we saw the community come together, even though we couldn't physically be together, just come together virtually and really support each other. It was absolutely astounding to us. We, you know, didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if people were uh, going to be okay with this. We just didn't know. We had never done a, a virtual hunger walk before. But what we saw really was just such a joy and such a pleasure to enjoy each other's company, send a selfie, use the hashtag, uh, post that and uh, on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on our Twitter, and just a really great way to know that we are in this fight against hunger together. And, um, you know, it's just good to to get that support and see that support um, in a picture online in the many faces, many, many faces of people who are in this together. So really a great um, builder for us in terms of, wow, we were just overwhelmed with that support, but also I think for the average community member, just a great way to say, you know, I'm going to do something today about people who aren't getting what they need. I'm going to walk a mile. I'm going to post my selfie. I'm going to register um, and do this walk. And and it is really, um, you know, what we run on over here at the food bank is knowing that the community is in this Mm-hmm. It's the community part of the Community Food Bank That's of Southern right. Arizona. Right. Um, well, Norma, before I uh, wrap things up with you, what are some of the other ways that the community can help out Food Bank in its mission? Oh, yes. So you can go to communityfoodbank.org and you can just see what we're up to. Um, And often that's an education in itself that is worth getting because we are in so many areas. But maybe you see that we do run a farmer's market on Thursday mornings and you'd like to go check it out. Uh, That's a great way to support your local growers. It's a fabulous way to see part of our work. Maybe you'd like to go take a look at Las Milpitas Community Farm. Wonderful. You're welcome over there any Saturday morning from 7 to 10 a.m., 
to help work the farm and to see what's out there. Um, I, so I would suggest looking at our website. There's also a great opportunity to donate online, uh, which has just served us so well in these last few months. Um, we have just seen the response from the community. There are also, if you prefer to put a bag of food together, which is a wonderful way to support our partner agencies around town, you can certainly do that. There are drop-off locations listed of neighborhood businesses, uh, businesses in our community who are willing to be a drop-off location, and that has really been key throughout this pandemic in terms of getting food into the community food bank because we just were not able to accept it here at the warehouse, but the businesses were open um, and willing to to gather that food, and then we can get a truck out and collect it. That's been a great option for us. So any of those ways, of course, we're always looking for volunteers. Uh, The farmer's market was putting a call out for volunteers just last month. Um, So that runs on Thursday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m. on West Congress, and that's a great way to also serve the food bank. And then as we look at what's ahead for us, because we are kind of in a, a the slow time of the summer, but we know that things will heat up this fall. We also expect that most likely uh, the National Guard, which has been serving us so well, is going to have to leave mm-hmm. and, and move on to other projects. So then we'll be looking to the community again uh, for volunteer work. So sign up to be a volunteer now, then you're on our list, then you know what's going on and kind of can get a feel for uh, what that requires. So all those are great ways to support the community food bank. Mm-hmm. And and what's the website again, uh, just so everyone knows? Absolutely. So we are at communityfoodbank.org, and you can take a look there. There's a great button there to donate. There's another button that says get involved um, as a volunteer, and then you can just take a look at the different things that are going on in the community food bank. We know that we did see such long lines and that the pandemic magnified the need. But we also know that hunger was a problem in our area before Mm -hmm. COVID began. So there is work to do and we welcome anyone joining us. Wonderful. Well, Norma, I really appreciate you taking this time to get us an update from the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona and to hear just, you know, a little bit of what's in store. Uh, So, yes, I appreciate your time and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you, Riley. I appreciate your interest, and and I thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about our work. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. For the next portion of today's program, I'm sharing a recent conversation with Steve Farley from the Humane Society of Southern Arizona regarding the new thrift store that just had its grand opening on Tucson's east side. Good morning, Riley. This is Steve Farley from the Humane Society. Uh, yeah, good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Good, good. We've got a lot of exciting stuff going on, and thanks for giving us an opportunity to share the, what we're doing. Yeah, I saw. It seems like you guys have been definitely uh, keeping keeping busy <laughs> recently. Oh, yeah. There's a lot more where that came from, too. You know, the Humane Society of Southern Arizona has been serving pets in our area for a a long time, uh, 1944, I believe, was when uh, everything got started. Can you briefly just share how the Humane Society of Southern Arizona serves pets? Well, for 77 years, we've been offering unconditional love, and uh, that that's that's basically sums up everything we do. When a dog or a cat or a pocket pet come to our door, we will do everything we can to meet the needs of that pet. Sometimes they come in great need. I mean, but we never know what's going to happen, or what's going to come to our door every day. But we are always there to help. And then when we uh, we 
fix the fix up those dogs and have health issues when we uh, fix the dog by spaying and neutering them and the cats and the, all the other pets we then find the best possible forever home for that pet and uh, that's that's not always the easiest thing to do some there's some behavioral challenges that we overcome with training um, there's obviously health issues that come in that our doctors are dedicated to fix with our second chance fund and uh, but we get it done mm-hmm. and the stories are incredible I, I feel like it's the best job I've ever had in being able to to save lives every single day. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, last time we spoke, which has been a, a couple of months now, you had mentioned that the Humane Society had some plans moving forward this year, and uh, there is news for Tucson's East Side. So, can you tell me a bit about what's going on here? Absolutely, we're so excited that uh, you know, if, three years ago, we moved to uh, on Roger, just west of Oracle on the west side. Uh, we were previously in uh, a location we'd been at for decades, uh, right by the Tucson Racquet Club. Uh, but a lot of our most loyal customers and clients and adopters uh, on the east side felt like that we had left them having to drive half an hour or more to be able to get to our location. So we knew there was this time for us to sort of plan finding a new east side branch. And we've got a great new east side branch that will be growing with us for decades to come at 22nd and Wilmot, 1010 South Wilmot. The the first thing that we'll have in that location will be a greatly expanded thrift store featuring high-quality, deeply discounted Sam Levitt's furniture, plus all the stuff you've come to expect from our thrift store, great deals and clothing, housewares, books, all sorts of things, together with just all sorts of piles of great stuff you can go through and find treasures in. Um, it's 16,000 square feet of thrifting fun that will eventually, once we raise enough money to do this, become a full-service clinic, full adoptions, full admissions. Uh, we're going to start with vaccination clinics already while it's a thrift store three times a week plus adoption events. But ultimately, we will end up with a 24-7 low-cost pet emergency clinic, a pet hospital together uh, in conjunction with University of Arizona College of Veterinary Medicine as one of our joint ventures. It's going to be a fantastic place to take care of all of your pets' needs and be a lot of fun for the humans, too. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. Yeah. um, Could you actually just take a second to explain to me a little bit of how the thrift store works? Like how, for example, me buying a a new ottoman can help pets in southern Arizona? Every dollar you spend at our thrift store goes to help pets because we have so many generous donors, including Sam Levitz and uh, ordinary people like your listeners. Mm -hmm. We take donations from people of their gently used items, and we stock in our thrift store, and we uh, we sell it at a great price to people. And you get great deals, and every dollar goes to help our pets. It's a uh, it's it's a great thing, and it's we've actually seen a, a a great increase in our sales in the last year as people have increasingly been turning to thrift stores for some of their basics. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins mm-hmm. when you come to the Humane Society thrift store, yeah. and then everybody will win even more as we gain. We're we're doing a capital campaign to be able to build in our core services to that building as well. So this will be a full, genuine east side branch of the Humane Society of Southern Arizona. And there currently is no 24-7 pet emergency that's low cost Mm -hmm. in Tucson. Because, you know, if something happens to your pet in the middle of the night, 
you're 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 out a thousand dollars before you even know what's going on. That won't be the case with mm-hmm. our facility. So we want to help people um, and help their pets, even if they don't have the money to be able to go to one of those those services that are currently in town. Mm-hmm. So I had been looking at HSSAZ.org, and I saw that uh, at the end of the month, there's uh, another unique way for folks to support pets, Wolf Down Wednesday. So delicious food is involved. So I definitely would like to hear a bit more about what this is about. Oh, yeah. Speaking of win-wins, this is another great opportunity. It's uh, We call it Wolf Down Wednesday. And if you go to HSSAZ.org, that's our website, slash Wolf Down, that's W-O-O-F-D-O-W-N, you'll see a list of all sorts of great local restaurants where you can get a wonderful meal and at the same time get a a percentage of the sales will be going to the Humane Society to help homeless pets. So make sure you plan to eat out uh, three meals a day on July 28th. Uh, so that you, so that you, part of your proceeds of your your great meal is going to go to help our homeless pets mm-hmm. at the Humane Society. All right, so that's and that's the final Wednesday of this month. So the the twenty eighth, exactly. Kind of looking forward, is there anything else that's on the agenda for the Humane Society of Southern Arizona? Well, one thing I wanted to mention is that um, you know for many years we've been the Humane Society of Southern Arizona, but we've primarily been serving Metro Tucson. Mm-hmm. We are now actually starting to expand into Cochise County as well. Uh, we're, we're working with uh, activists down there and volunteers and animal lovers and county governments and city governments to be able to build a new humane society shelter in Bisbee in the next two to three years. Um, in the meantime, until we get that shelter built, we are actually already starting with volunteers to transport animals from the Douglas Animal Shelter. Um, and if any of your listeners have been down there, you see that it's it's really tough conditions for animals. Um, pets, dogs in particular, have a 32-inch by 44-inch space with no access to the outside, concrete block. They can't even roll up, curl up, and sleep on the floor. Um, and the uh, euthanasia rate is way, way high um, just for space. Mm-hmm. 30% of dogs are killed down there and 70% of cats. So we knew we had to do something to help. So we will be saving uh, approximately 500 lives a year starting in August with volunteers bringing up dogs and cats to our shelter, bringing them inside, solving their health issues, uh, testing them behaviorally, and then finding them forever homes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's a phenomenal opportunity for us to make a huge difference in Cochise County as well. Uh, So that's another great thing coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did want to mention another opportunity to help us and help yourself, you know, on our earlier theme of win-win opportunities is we have um, a 50-50 raffle coming up as well. Uh, So check out our website for that at hssaz.org. Last year we raised $18,000. $9,000 of that went to help our homeless pets, and $9,000 of that went to one lucky winner. We're planning on many, many more times of that type of money this year uh, because we're really um, pushing a lot harder, and I think you you could end up with uh, winning five figures Mm -hmm. once this thing is done. Um, So check out the website. Look for our 50-50 raffle. It starts August 2nd and uh, all the way through the month of August. 
Okay. You can uh, join the raffle and watch the uh, the winnings climb. Where can people find more details of just events that are going on for the Humane Society? If you want to get more information, like how you can adopt or how you can take advantage of our low-income wellness services for your pet, um, or our new uh, low-cost dental services for everyone, uh, go to our website at hssaz.org, and, uh, and, and you can find all sorts of things that we're doing. And I haven't even talked to you about our new education and behavioral center that we're doing a groundbreaking for on August 9th. So I'm telling you, we got a lot going on, and we are pretty excited about what this is going to do to help pets and the people who love them. And uh, I don't know if we have enough time to talk all about that stuff, but one of our key portions of what we do at the Humane Society is humane education. And that's training our, our pets so that they can live with us better, and you, 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 they, they're not going to destroy your shoes, and you might be tempted to return them. We want to make sure you have a long, happy life with your forever friend. So we offer training classes. But even more importantly is we have edu- humane education uh, pr- programs for kids in which we teach kids how to be kind to animals. Mm. And, and we have camps. We, have, we go into classrooms 500 times a year. And we need a great location to be able to, to uh, host those types of training events and those humane education events uh, because it's so important, not just for pets. There are plenty of studies that have shown that if you teach kids how to be kind to animals, they're much less likely to be involved in domestic violence mm-hmm. later. So being kind to animals becomes being kind to humans as well. So that's another, why that's another pillar of what we do at the Humane Society of Southern Arizona. Awesome. Well, seems like you have so much on your plate right now, um, but you're clearly happy to be doing it. And uh, well, Steve Farley, I am very grateful to have had this opportunity to have a chat with you and to get an update on what's going on and to hear about what is in store for the Humane Society of Southern Arizona. Before I let you go, will you just tell everyone again, um, best way to get in contact and learn more? Uh, Best way you can contact us to find out more about everything we do is the it's hssaz.org. That's the, uh, the Humane Society website. Uh, and again, look us up on Facebook. Get all sorts of news about what's coming up as well. And be our friends. This has been Lifestyle Tucson. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of this program, you can reach out to us by email at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That's publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the program and to listen back to something you may have missed, you can go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, and espntucson.com.